This message is for every woman who feels unseen, unheard, unknown, and perhaps unwanted. That place of obscurity, anonymity, being unseen and unknown can be one of the hardest places to find ourselves. But it is that place where God so often does the deepest, most profound work in us. And it is that place that we need to surrender to, to submit to, to abide in, not run away from, in order for God's power to fully operate and fully manifest in our lives so that we can then be equipped and prepared and built up for the next season that God has for us, the next season that is most likely seen and known. But it is the place of anonymity and obscurity where that deep, deep, big, profound work so often takes place. And so if you are finding yourself in that place right now, be encouraged, sister. I have been there the great saints have been there. The great Christian believers throughout the generations have been there. Jesus himself has been there. He knows how difficult it is and he knows the power and crucial importance of that place. The Bible tells us time and time and time again, that it is that place, the secret place that God sees, that secret place that man, other men, other people are completely in the dark about, that they have no idea about. That place God sees and that place is the place that God promises to reward you in. I want to speak into a couple of verses or speak about a couple of verses, but this all comes from my own lived experience and also from a couple of conversations I've had just in the last few days with women who have been and are in, in fact, their own seasons of the desert, their own seasons of the wilderness, their own seasons of being unseen, unknown for years for years and years and years, diligently going about sowing seed for the kingdom, obeying God, diligently, faithfully doing their life, their job, their work as unto the Lord when in the natural, they're getting nothing for it or very little, none of the glamour or glory or fame or admiration that they desire, they want some recognition, but for a period of time and for some long seasons, they've been really in the wilderness. So I want to speak to a couple of scriptures. The first Colossians 3 verse 22 to 24, it says, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord and not as unto men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the reward of the inheritance for you serve the Lord Christ. I love that. Work as unto the Lord. Work as unto the Lord. How many times in my own life have I sown seed in the workplace where it seems like in the natural my work is being unseen not rewarded, not acknowledged, but I'm doing my job to the best of my ability. And 
God wants us to know that we are first and foremost doing it as unto God. We need to work for no reward from man. That is what God is calling us to do. Give, he says, when when we're told to, to give generously and to lend, give, hoping for nothing in return. We need to do all things with a detachment on this earth, a detachment from the desire for human reward, knowing with our heart that God sees. And this is why we need to know what the word says, girls, because if we don't know the promise that God does see, how disheartened we will become. How disheartened have we been? So many times I have seen women who have no idea about God's awareness of what they are doing and they are disheartened. They are depressed. They are, they feel forsaken and no wonder. It's no wonder. It's understandable. If you do not know that the God of the universe sees you and knows what you're doing and you're not getting any acknowledgement from man, of course, that is a really hard thing to deal with. And that is why, again, I'm so passionate about women and men, every human knowing the word of God, because if we do not know what God's word says about us, we will get disheartened so easily, discouraged so easily, discombobulated so easily because humans are going to fail us. No matter how great our boss is, no matter how great our husband is, no matter how great our parents and siblings and friends are, no human can satisfy every need that we have. They're not designed to do that. God created it that way so that we would seek him first and foremost. He says, it says in the word that seek first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness and all these other things shall be added unto you as well. That means everything you need to thrive and prosper on this earth, the right amount of encouragement, of recognition, reward. He promises to give you that when you seek first the kingdom of of heaven and his righteousness. When you seek to work as unto the Lord, not seeking human reward, knowing that God will reward you. And this, girls, needs to be something that we get down to the core of our hearts, not just something that, oh, sounds nice and holy and, oh, yeah, I know that's what the Bible says and, oh, well, I'll just drag myself through this life on earth, hoping that one day in the sweet by and by God will reward my efforts, my painful toil on this earth. No. Oh, girls, God desires us to live on this earth full of life, the life water of his spirit, the life water that comes from knowing that God is seeing all that we do, all that is done in that secret wilderness place. He sees it. And I really sense that somebody, in fact, many somebodies is listening to this message today and God wants you to know that that secret place of sitting in your bedroom, sitting maybe in a pure church, maybe sitting in an adoration chapel, and you're sitting there going, Lord, have mercy. Give me something, Lord. Give me something. He wants you to know that he is giving you something. It's right there. It's right there, but you need to detach from your insatiable need for human recognition. 
the scriptures, the gospels in particular, talk so much about holy detachment. And the saints have done so much amazing preaching about holy detachment. And all the great religions around the world speak about detachment in various different ways. But the Christian message of detachment is so important for us to live healthy whole lives on this earth. We are not meant to get our fulfillment from earthly things. God designed us, as I said, with a gaping hole in our hearts for him and him alone. It says in the Old Testament that our God is a jealous God. And a lot of people sort of run away from that word jealous because in our culture, the way we understand it, it is a negative thing. But the way that God means it referring to himself is that he will not settle for second place in our life. He is God Almighty, the creator of heaven and earth. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. He will not be second place in our life. And that is why so many of us have gone through seasons and perhaps you right now are living in a season of absolute misery. Nothing is satisfying you. No matter what quote unquote good things are happening in your life, nothing is deeply satisfying you. And the answer most likely is that you're attached to things other than God. Sister, I believe your heart's in the right place. If you're listening to this, I believe your heart is in the right place. I believe that you want God to be first place. But perhaps in the busyness of life and in the distractions of life, and it is so easy to get distracted on this earth with the clamour and the noise and the 24-7 cycle of news and social media, it is easy. But that is why misery saturates so many hearts and minds and souls and lives because there is attachment to earthly things. And attachment to earthly things above attachment and our hearts being solely attached to God is the source of every kind of human misery because it's out of order. It's out of the divine plan. God will not take second best. He will not take second place. He is a jealous God in the best possible way because he knows that unless he is first place in our life, we will never experience optimal joy, optimal peace, optimal fulfillment, our heart's deepest desires being satisfied. Earthly things, no matter how quote unquote good they are, cannot satisfy that deep God hole that is in our hearts. It was placed there by God so that we could experience the fullness of life by being in intimate relationship with his son. The second scripture I want to refer to is Matthew 6, 4. It says, the father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Girls, again, I'm referring to this, what I referred to earlier in the message, that unless we know this, that God will reward us. And I'm saying not just in the sweet by and by, not just when we go to heaven. He does promise the fullness of everything in heaven. Heaven is ultimate bliss. It is the ultimate of ultimates. We know that. But God wants us to live full lives on this earth right now. And he will reward us when we detach from that insatiable need for human reward. Detach from the outcome. How many philosophers and thinkers have spoken 
especially in modern times, about detaching from the outcome. That whole idea is based in these biblical truths of seeking first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, based in being attached to God and his reward, not attached to man and his very meagre offerings of reward and recognition. It also says in scripture, Jesus says himself, this is one of the in red texts, and I often refer to the the red message texts of the Bible. The red part is when Jesus himself is speaking. It says that unless you are willing to sacrifice your life, unless you are willing to leave everything behind, you are not worthy of me. That's what Jesus says. If you are not able, if you are not willing to leave behind, to forsake mother, father, brother, sister, house, land, jobs for my sake, you are not worthy of me. That's detachment. That is holy detachment, a willingness to let go of everything else and not looking back for the prize that is life anchored in Christ and God and his word. I want to speak practically to someone or many someones who is in that place of wilderness today and encourage them from biblical stories of what happens to people who abide in that place faithfully. We know the story of David, and if you're unfamiliar with the Bible, and that is totally okay because I will inform you and hopefully inspire you to get in the word yourself. But the story of David, you would know the battle of David and Goliath. The story starts with David being anointed as king when he was just a teenager, between the ages of 10 and 15, we understand that he was anointed by the prophet Samuel to take the place as king over Saul. Saul was still king at that time, but Samuel had a word from God to anoint one of Jesse's sons. And he ended up appointing the youngest of Jesse's sons, the ruddy teenager who was working out in the fields. He had other big burly sons, Jesse did, that could have been chosen. But Samuel, he said, after he looked at all the older ones, he said, no, none of these, none of these are cutting it. God's got someone else in mind. And Jesse sent for his youngest son who was out tending the sheep and doing very, very humble work out in the fields. And he was brought in and Samuel knew straight away, this is the boy. This is the one who's been appointed by God, been selected by God to be king. But would you know, it was 15 years, around 15 years before David actually ascended to the role of king. There was a lot that happened between the anointing and the appointing as king and so many battles and so many years in the wilderness facing massive persecution, massive trials, massive sufferings. We know, of course, that soon after he was anointed by by Samuel, he entered that battle with Goliath and he defeated that giant Goliath when all of other all of the other soldiers in Saul's army were too afraid to face this giant in the enemy army. Goliath was huge. He was literally a giant and David defeated him with a slingshot. <laughs> he defeated him. He ran at him and he said, who are you to defy the army of the living God? You come at me with a sword and a spear, but I come against you in the name of the Lord of hosts, whose army you have defied. And he slung that slingshot and hit Goliath in the head and then killed him with his sword. And 
That's the famous story of the underdog killing the top dog. And that was David. He was selected out in the field in the place of anonymity, obscurity. And girlfriends, I want you to know that if you are in that place right now, if God has got you in that place, don't stay there if God's not got you there. If he's calling you to come out of that place and take your rightful place in the spotlight, do it. But more than likely, he has got you there to humble you, to refine your heart, to refine your mind, to give you clarity about your mission, your purpose, your next. Because oftentimes we cannot get a real clear image of what God is calling us to do when the clamor and noise and brightness of the spotlight is on us. I know a great preacher who says, if the light that is on you, if the spotlight that is on you is greater than the light that is inside of you, the light that is on you will crush and kill you. And girlfriends, that is the truth. Because the spotlight, while it can seem glamorous from the outsider's perspective, that is a place of pressure. And if you do not have light, the light of Christ, the light of truth, the light of that refiner's fire on the inside of you, if that is not greater than the spotlight that's on you, that's the truth. The spotlight will crush and kill you. And we have seen so many celebrities fall off their throne, fall off their throne because they did not have enough solid foundation on the inside of them before they ascended to the spotlight. So if you are in that place, rejoice. God will find you. Remember that Samuel came to anoint the next king and David wasn't clamoring to say, oh, pick me, pick me, pick me. He was out being a faithful shepherd boy out in the fields. All of his other brothers were in the house, were in the place with Jesse, ready to be picked. I'm sure they were like, yep, it's me. I'm big, strong. I've been training at the gym for 10 years. I am ready for this. I'm the king. Give it to me. But no, Samuel, he knows The Lord God knows who he wants. He knows who he needs to pick for the role that he needs fulfilled. And he knows where to find you, girlfriend. So if you feel like you are in the back blocks of nowhere, in the back blocks of the wilderness, unseen, unknown, unheard, perhaps unwanted, get with God. Seek him today, right now, as soon as you finish this message. In fact, if you need to turn off this message now, do it and get with God because his voice is greater than mine. Get with God and say, Lord, here I am. I feel unseen, unknown, but I have a call on my heart. I have a desire for more. I have a desire to step out and do this. I have a deep desire to start this business or be a better wife or be a better mom or I have a desire just for greater peace in my life. Whatever that is, it need not be a spotlight role. Not everyone is called to be a journalist. I'm a journalist on TV, a TV reporter and host a TV program, but I've got friends who would hate that. I've got many friends. They're like, oh, yuck. They hate public speaking. They hate anything in the spotlight. This is nothing to do with the glamour or public role of your mission. Most people's mission is not public. Most people's mission is very ordinary, very, very ordinary. And in the ordinariness, it is extraordinary. It is holy and beautiful and seen by God and equally important as any public role, any public political role or public role as a as an actor or as a 
famous preacher or speaker or advocate for humanity. In God's eyes, every single role is equal and beautiful and all of heaven sees it as all the same. So whatever it is that is in your heart for your life in this season, big or small in your eyes, it's all big in God's eyes. It's all significant in God's eyes. If you're in that place of anonymity and obscurity and just feel like, God, no one is recognizing what I'm doing, God's like, girlfriend, I see it. I see it. I know it. I will reward you. The fullness of reward is in me. And I declare that it is coming into your life today. A tangible sense of that recognition and reward is flowing into your life today by the power of the Holy Spirit, under the sound of my voice, according to the word of God, which says that we can ask for anything in the name of Jesus. And if we believe it, we will receive it. Well, I claim that for everyone who is listening to this message today, for a tangible sense of recognition and reward from the Lord God Almighty, Father of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, your Father, if you are a Christian and have committed to surrendering your life to Jesus Christ, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that that recognition reward is flowing into your life, your heart, your mind right now in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you. Have a beautiful day.